0: Ronaldo. Oh my goodness! You don't save those!
1: Out of this world! Messi! 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 Three nothing! Landon Donovan, there are things
2: on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross, and DevC's denied again! Go, go,
0: USA! Certainly through! Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! For the fourth time, the United States of America are crowned champions of the world. From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports.
2: Two Continental Finals, a Super Bowl, two Tower Race matches in Spain and Germany, and finally the UEFA Champions League is back. It's been a hectic week in sports, especially in our beautiful game, but we're back in studio. Welcome to FUVFC, and it feels good just to host again. You know, it's been a while for me, but can't wait to get back in it. My name is Gino Alva. I'm here alongside our news members who have gotten a taste of the show these past two weeks, Griffin Stevenson and Diego Martinez, We're going to talk about the two finals in the Asian Cup and AFCON that happened this past week. Getting a little bit into Madrid versus Girona and Bayer Leverkusen against Bayern Munich, which were obviously pitiful matches for both leagues to claim the lead in the tower races. And also recap this week's round of 16 matches in the Champions League. Man, I just can't wait to talk about the Champions League. It's been a while. And we're definitely in the good time of club football. But before we get all to that, Griffin,
0: my man, good to see you again. How are you doing, my man? Good to see you, too. I am pretty ecstatic. Like you said, we're getting into that peak time for club football and you know, I just talked to you before we came in the studio. We got good matches. We do. And that's all you can ask for. So, you know, feeling good, ready to talk about them.
1: Diego man, nice to see you. Nice to meet you. How you doing? I'm all good, man. Nice to meet you. Uh, Happy to be here. Happy to, you know, talk some footy. As Griffin said, we've got some huge matches, um, especially around this time. You know, the season of love and there has been love from the football gods, uh, giving us a lot to talk about throughout the show. 2024 definitely started off with a
2: bang. We got two Continental cups. We have a Copa America coming up, a Euro Cup coming up and obviously Champions League finals, Premier League titles. All the five leagues is going to get hot. But let's just dive right into the 2023 African Cup of Nations. The edition has finally come to an end. It's been a wild Afghan Cup. A lot of drama, memes, underdogs, and amazing football being played. The final was held last week at the Al-Sanatora Stadium. The final was played between Nigeria and the host country, Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast had the better control of the first half, but there were some few chances for either side in the opening 30 minutes of the match. The latter chance resulted in a corner from which... Willem Kong jumped higher than defender Sergio Arieri to head Nigeria into the lead in the 38th minute. Ivory Coast were more threatening after, half, after the halftime. Another corner led to Ivory Coast equalizer in the 62nd minute as Frank Hessier was left unmarked as far as the post headed into the net. After 74 minutes, Borussia Dortmund's own holler nearly scored an overhead kick, but his shot was just wide. However, seven minutes later, Holler scored after reflect Angira's left cross into the net to put Ivory Coast into the lead heading into 90 minutes, and the game finally came to an end. The final score being 2-1, and Ivory Coast, the host country, has won its third championship. Diego, I'll start with you. I want to say you predicted Ivory Coast was going to win.
1: Um, what did you make? What did you think of that? And the final result, I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm so happy that you know, coming, uh, making my debut last show, and you know, um, giving a little bit of an outrageous take that you know. Ivory Coast was really scraping each and every game to, to get here. And, I, and I, made, I made the claim that, you know, that wasn't going to stop. And, you know, that's what we really saw. That's what we really saw in this game. Uh, Nigeria with the first blow. And, I mean, even if... I mean, looking at the stat sheet, you can clearly see that, you know, the Ivory Coast was a better team uh, this game. They did have to claw from behind. And they uh, they needed their heroes, especially Sebastian Haller, uh, you know, to deliver. And, you know, he, he really, like... Not only did he make my prediction come true, but, you know, he made everyone in the Ivory Coast extremely happy that day.
0: I mean... Ivory Coast, you said it, they clawed their way through this tournament. I mean, second worst out of the third place teams to qualify, I believe. And then, you know, one goal margin was the story of their journey through this tournament. I mean, and they came through. Nice job from them to not, I guess, bow your heads. When Will Takong comes up, smashes that header home, it would have been very easy for Ivory Coast to kind of be like, well, we got a little lucky and... You know, maybe now it's the time that we're getting hit with our karma for getting by. But sometimes the teams just have that magic. And I think that's the beauty of the African Cup of Nations. And that's what they showed. And the story I want to highlight from this game is Sebastian Haller. What a comeback Amazing. to incredible to be diagnosed with testicular cancer and then beat that and then battle back and score the winning goal in the final for your home country. That has to be such an amazing feeling. And I'm so happy that this Ivory Coast team was able to pull it out, even though I did not predict it. It's something about continental football and their tournaments, especially when it's not Copa America
2: or CONCACAF or even UEFA Cups. Stories like that, we love to see. And obviously, in this AFCON Cup, we saw a lot of good football. And man, the good thing about it is next year we get another one. And, you know, we'll get to see who gets to lift that championship. But we have another continental cup. Another crazy one, and probably a most controversial final, we want to say. Uh, The host country, Qatar, clinched their second consecutive Asian Cup title as Qatari player Akrama Fief scored a hat trick, but wait for it, a hat trick of penalties (laughs) to secure a 3-1 victory over Jordan. Yes, it was a bit of a weird game, and most of the penalty calls I really don't agree with, but with this result, the Jordan players were furious, expressed their feelings to the press that the referees made mistakes and should be held accountable for it. Griffin, I'll throw this one to you. We've, for the past two weeks since the show's been back, we've been talking about this AFCON Cup. I thought South Korea was going to be in the final. They're not in it. We thought Qatar was going to be in the final. They're in it. But Jordan, with a really good game against Korea, paved their way into the final and could have actually won the final. But what was your thoughts on this game and, obviously, with those penalty calls?
0: Well, you know, Akram Afif, I don't know if you saw after his first penalty, did the magic trick. (laughs) Uh (laughs) If only he could make Qatar's uh, bribery charges disappear, but wow. that's something he's unable to do, unfortunately. But I'm gonna have to disagree with you okay. on some of those penalty decisions. I look Jordan after Qatar got their first goal, they were dominant for the rest of that first half, and up until the second half when they got their second, they got their first goal. I think that was very deserved and yeah. um, with kind of how the run of play was going. But looking at, except for maybe the final penalty call, which. Uh, it's kind of 50-50. I I think it's because they called it when he collided with the goalkeeper first, but you also question if they aren't at home. You know, does he call that first time? Mm -hmm. And hard to overturn with VAR. But the other two, in my mind, were very clearly defenders getting beaten and kind of stepping in front of forwards, which, in my mind, is a blame penalty as much as you would like to admit it. But I think that was kind of emblematic of Jordan in this final. I think... They played well. They played with a lot of heart. No one – let. I just want to preface that. No one expected them to be here at all. I think 100 to 1 odds to win the tournament. They'd never right. won a – I don't think they'd won a game. This is their first time an yeah. appearance in the finals. Yeah, first time. And so I think that can get to you, and I think they almost stretched themselves a little too thin, really pushing for that winner. But when, at a certain extent, it doesn't come, you're going to run into some trouble. And I think – that is what happened, and it does suck at the end of the day to get concede a hat trick of penalties in a yeah. final. But I mean, for Akram Afif, he'll he'll get a statue in Qatar, hopefully.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I loved how you pointed at the celebration. I I want to see that for EAFC <laughs> 20, 25, or whatever it comes out because that that was one of the best celebrations that I've seen in in a long time. It was extremely creative. But, Cover athlete. <laughs> FIFA 25 cover athlete but
0: FIFA, FIFA 2K 25 maybe FIFA 2K, wow, 2K. Yeah never um, thought
1: I'd hear that Jordan I Griffin I love your point About uh, the AFCON Talking about the Ivory Coast That sometimes Cinderella runs happen And Sometimes they don't This was just One of those times Where I mean Jordan They play their hearts out The entire tournament y- You don't see this happen Anywhere else But a international uh, Like An international tournament And Yes, I I agree with the fact that yeah they were stretched too thin, but I mean this shouldn't be counted as a loss for the for the players on on Jordan's squad. I'm huge for them. Huge. I, for them. It's huge for them for their for their football for just putting their name onto such a huge stage is already something that like should be praised and and you know um, a thief with a hat trick in a final should also be commended. But I mean it's it's just the. The battle of the headlines, the battle of the stories. And I think,
0: I do think they have to be careful. Gino, like you mentioned, a lot of players weren't happy with, like, kind of how it ended. And I get that emotions are high and, like you said, I mean, this is their first time ever getting this far. But I think you kind of have to be careful sometimes as a player. And if you get too caught up in, I I guess, trying to protest what happened or speak out against it, you lose the fact, like what you said, it was still a brilliant run and it's something to be it's something to be very proud of. And I think to a certain extent, they should look to just build from this as a country because it's huge for football in the
1: nation of Jordan. Definitely. This gives me very like this gives me like Morocco in the World Cup. Oh, yeah, I right, mean, right. I mean, because if you look at what's going on now and looking at all the players and seeing how they're doing on the Morocco squad, they, they took that World Cup run and they were like, how can we build from this? They they they, um, unfortunately did not win the World Cup, um, but they held their heads high and they they were celebrated. They were praised. And, you know, I I hope Jordan and and all the players from the Jordan national team get this level of celebration, because these are the stories in football where it's the losers who might be the true winners, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, so I want to say congratulations to both Qatar and Ivory Coast. They won their respective continental tournaments. But, yeah, Diego, to your point, you know, we love these kind of Cinderella runs. We saw Morocco. We saw, you know, even with clubs, I think the biggest fairy, uh, fairy tale story is the Leicester City winning the Premier League a couple oh, yeah. years ago. So I kind of agree with that. But, you know, there's still continental cups coming up. But moving on to UEFA Champions League, it's finally back. It's our favorite tournament. We got a lot of important matches to talk about. Let's start with you know, Leverkusen, and uh, excuse me, sorry, we're going to go RB Leipzig and Real Madrid and Manchester City versus FC Copenhagen. Manchester City will take a two-goal advantage in the second leg of our Champions League round of 16 tie with FC Copenhagen after a 3-1 win in Denmark on Tuesday. Kevin De Bruyne got the scoring underway for the European champions in the 10th minute with a low strike on his first Champions League start in the season. Copenhagen grabbed a surprise equalizer in the 34th minute with Madsen curled home. But we, uh, but regained the lead shortly after halftime, thanks to a deaf Bernal Silva finish, and obviously Phil Foden topped the night off and added time with a powerful hit beyond goalkeeper, uh, Grabara. I feel like Manchester City in these type of tournaments, in these past five years, they're inevitable. You know they'll get the job done. Um, City will take a 3-1 aggregate lead into the second leg. Uh, Griffin, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this Manchester City uh, squad so far in the round 16? It is the first leg. The second leg will be back home, and Etihad, but they're looking good right now. Could they could they go back to a final and regain their uh, defend their title? I
0: mean, it's looking absolutely like they can go back to back, and that's my prediction at this point. I think City will repeat as UEFA Champions League winners, but I want to give Copenhagen their dues. Uh, not this first Manchester club they faced this season. Oh yeah, and they <laughs> and they they hung on pretty well up until yeah. I mean they conceded. I think it was right before halftime or right after one of those two. And yeah. they scored a they scored a screamer. It was off an Ederson mistake. Right, but I want to say they did a good job of hanging around. But City's just been playing such good football as of recent, and that's kind of what they're known for in the month of February at least. And that man, that last Phil Foden goal. The passing and everything was perfect. And that Fofoden is someone who I think City should lean on for the rest of this European Cup because he has been on a tear. I remember when he first started and there was a little bit of doubt for sure mm-hmm. in how he would develop it. In my mind, he's kind of come out of nowhere recently in the last
1: few months and just put on an absolute clinic. Yeah, yeah I mean... Look, when I look at Manchester City, I think of one thing: Thanos. <laughs> always inevitable. 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 I even got a bald guy. Even even got game. a bald, bald guy. guy Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Um, uh, my grandpa always likes to say, "One in doubt, call Pep." Because yeah. of that, I mean, one thing that Pep Guardiola and all of his squads knows is winning, and this Manchester uh, Manchester City, sorry, um, team knows how to win. They literally just did it the year before, and I mean. With all due respect to Copenhagen, it's Manchester City we're talking about. Uh, they have been able to thrash the best teams in, in world football. And, I mean, it, I, I like Griffin said, I applaud Copenhagen for, you know, r- really fighting against a lot of these teams, like earlier when they played Manchester United. Um but, I mean, I, I think we all know the outcome of this this second leg. I think it, being home at the Etihad is really just going to make Copenhagen's, like, dreams, UCL dreams, into a nightmare.
2: Any predictions of the second leg
0: scoreline uh, going yeah. back home to Etihad? 2-0. I think City will rest a lot of players, but I still think really? – I still think – because they're – I mean, Bernardo Silva picked up a knock in this game. I think mm-hmm. City has a lot of – like, as of right now, City is looking at, I believe, the uh, – they might be out of the FA Cup. I'm not 100 percent sure, but they they're they're looking at a double. They want to win the Premier League. They win their game in hand. They're first, or yeah, they're first. And I think they're gonna focus a lot on that. And it's at the, as I like to refer to it, the empty hat. But it's still a home. <laughs> it is it's still empty, a home game. Yeah, and yes. I I do think they'll rest and they'll just play, class. I I think it'll be an easy win. But I I I don't think they'll go, too crazy. I think we see this often from this Manchester City side, where in the big games that's when they'll really kill you. But I think for now, just kind of, I guess, a marathon runner is, like, conserving his energy. So you're going for the two, a 2-0 scoreline. 2-0 scoreline,
1: yeah. Right. I'm doubling that. I'm going 4-0. Four. Four I'm going 4-1. Four, four four I, I, I feel like I disagree with your point that, you know, that M- Manchester City uh, takes some games to, like, regroup, rest. Because Manchester City, just their depth, even if you're playing a guy like, um, like Foden, or um, I don't know um, Tommy John from the like U16 academy, <laughs> Tommy John is probably gonna come in and score like a, yeah. an absolute screamer. Like we saw that with um, Oscar Bob I mean, we've seen these academy players from Manchester City come in and dominate. So I, I think whether they choose to like rest or not. Um, they're still going to put out a brilliant performance because that's what they do. Manchester City needs all of the momentum they can get right now, especially since they even if they need a win to get first, they still need that win, and everything counts. Let's move on to the second match of that Tuesday uh,
2: day, Real Madrid versus RB Leipzig. Real Madrid's Brahim Diaz scored a stunning goal after a amazing run as they won 1-0 at at RB Leipzig's uh, stadium on Tuesday to clear advantage into their Champions League last 16, second leg next month. The 24-year-old actually fills in for the injured Jude Bellingham, struck against the run of the play in the 48th minute. But I think what I want to talk about is the goalkeeper for Real Madrid, André Lunin, replacing obviously the injured Thibaut Courtois. And came in to rescue with a string of safes to protect the lead as the Spaniards made seven straight wins in this competition. Shout out to Lunin. I've been a fan of his for a good year. I wanted to see him play in the 2022 season, but obviously Courtois was just a madman that year when they won the Champions League. And obviously this year with Courtois going out, I thought he was going to be the main starter. But very much got uh, Kepa and Kepa got injured. And obviously, Lunin, who is now being the main goalkeeper, and I think Ancelotti recently has said that yes, he will be the main goalkeeper for La Liga and for Champions League moving on. So Lunin had an amazing performance. I think he had, had about nine saves. Griffin, I'll start uh, this match uh, with you. Real Madrid obviously this year has gone through a lot of injuries. Most of the defense are not playing their actual starters. They got a lot of players out, but I can see a Real. Ma- you know, Real Madrid's the king of the tournament. Never ruled them out they can sneak their way into the final even with the amount of injured players they have. What was your thoughts on this performance on this particular match?
0: All I'm saying is Carlo Ancelotti's uh copying me because I would like to point out I was giving Andre Lunin the start in FIFA 21 on my ultimate team back in the day. <laughs> really? He had a great he had a great future stars card and I would just like to point out, I I I said when he when he saved me in a foot Champs match, this kid's going to be good. And be good. he came up big for Real Madrid. 8 saves on the day and I don't think they've had that in a match since Courtois. And Courtois, as everyone knows, he's like a Belgian wall. And so maybe now they have the Ukrainian wall. The Ukrainian wall. And I think this was a pretty typical sort of Real Madrid match where the game on paper is dead even. Although uh, Leipzig did have a little bit more shots on target, but it's. These moments of individual brilliance from players, I, I, when I was watching the Brian Diaz run, you can just got, it's, it just seems like he's gliding with the ball, and you just know something special, kind of special is going to happen. I nearly uh, fell out of my seat when <laughs> I saw that goal. But I do think, as in the words of Kobe Bryant, a uh, job's not finished. I I, I don't know if RB, Le- RB Leipzig is capable of fully coming back, but I don't think Real Madrid has the luxury of being able to sort of let this game kind of slip to the back of their mind. And I think that's something that could impact this Real Madrid team as they get further into the tournament. Because this Real Madrid team has the talent. I mean, granted, they're missing Jude Bellingham. But this team should be blowing... Not blowing out, but winning a little bit more handedly against these teams. And that gives you the luxury of, like I was talking about with City against Copenhagen, maybe not resting players... But just not fully like you. Your mind is doesn't have to be fully occupied by the next by the next
1: round. Yeah, and you know I I'm extremely happy. I'm repping my colors today. The Ala Madrid, Ala Madrid. is very happy. <laughs> I think it. we're all happy. <laughs> we're uh, madridistas all over the place are very happy, which includes myself because not only did we see Brian Diaz uh, unlock his inner Cristiano Ronaldo and score an absolute belter, but as you mentioned, uh, Lunin, I mean, he has come to really be the hero and the savior of this Real Madrid team. I mean, as a goalkeeper for Fordham University men's club soccer, <laughs> I, I, I know that this position is really difficult. And for him to do it, uh, not at club soccer level, but at the UCL and like take, fill in the shoes of which is one of the best goalkeepers in, in world soccer, uh, Thibaut Courtois. And, and for you to, like, not just fill those shoes, but to, like, exceed expectations is absolutely incredible. And, you know, I I have all my praises to him. And um, I just I feel like I need to see a little more, uh, like Griffin said. I need to see a little more for Madrid. I feel like RB Leipzig is a strong team. However, I I, I feel like Madrid, again, the kings of the UCLA. 14 and, times. And, I mean, so it speaks for themselves. It speaks to itself that there needs to be a better performance in this second leg.
2: Let me ask you this, Diego. Real Madrid now, even with the injuries, Jude coming back for the second leg, should be back for the second leg. Could we see a Real Madrid sneak their way into the
1: semifinals and maybe a final? I think that, um, I think this isn't their best shot. I feel like, um... I mean, never count Madrid out. I, looking at it, just kind of objectively with the injuries that they have, and and kind of that the season that they're playing at, where they've had they're leading the league and they're really like putting the league on notice. However, I really don't feel like they've had a consistent lineup for the entirety of this campaign, and you know whether that be because of injuries or because of Ancelotti trying to figure out just who he wants in which spot. That adjustment period is really gonna maybe be the downfall for for Madrid um, especially if they play a team like City but I I think honestly I see them going to the semifinals and kind of um, going out in glory there. Let's move on to the next last two matches that we had on Wednesday
2: Lazio versus Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich striker Harry Kane has called on his side to keep fighting after Ciro mobile's penalty gave Lazio a 1-0 lead in the first leg of their last 16 tie in Rome. Mowbly converted to 69th minute spot after Bayern defender Diogo Upamecano's Upp- Upp- clumsy challenge on Gustav, for which the France international was sent off after a straight red. Bayern, who also lost at the weekend to Bundesliga title rivals Bayern Leverkusen, we're going to get to that soon. Now, I have work to do if they're trying to reach the quarterfinals, and Kane says it's up to the players to turn around their stuttering form. You know, we're going to get to Bayern, uh, Bayern Munich's uh, current form, but yes, they have a red card in the first round, in the first leg of the round 16 against Lazio. Bayern Munich. Obviously, the team, a strong team in the history, obviously. But this season, particularly with getting Harry Kane and the way they're performing in the Bundesliga, obviously Leverkusen being first and having lost a game. Where do we see this Bayern Munich team as of now? Griffin's already has an
0: answer already. Well, You said it was the history. I think it's the history of It's the history of Tottenham. The first thing I want to point out from this game is, has anyone, has anyone seen a, a Bayern Munich shot on target? In that game, I don't. There was zero. I think the last was time zero. was like 2020. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone missing. And I mean, Kane's been hammering home goals in domestic play, oh. but been silent in the last in the last two two games, and they're pretty big games. And another thing I want to touch on is, I want to give the ref of this matchup so much credit <laughs> for that penalty and red card call, because it is something, because he called it right away. And came out with the red card. That is something that was so easy to miss in a quick type of action. But I think it's justified. Uh, Obamecano came in very, very late. And he came very high on the player's ankle. And I think that's what you need to do. And with regards to... And granted now, that's huge for them. Because as we've seen, Bayern Munich has not been good defensively in the last few games. And they're going to they're not going to be able to utilize him for the second for the second leg and i think that almost not seal their fate i do think they most likely will come back but that's one of those things where it's like i would have almost for sure had them coming back and f- kind of you know riding the wave of like we get it we we've had a bad rough stretch of games but we can kind of turn it around but now that's just the those limiting factors that really don't bode well for Bayern Munich. And with regard to Lazio really quick, I think it's a great job on their part of sticking around and fighting for those goals. And we see if you stay in it and you make sure you get those attacking chances, opportunities like the penalty will come and all you got to do is put it away. And that's exactly what Chiro Immobile did. So all respect to Lazio. Let's see if they can come back. Was it in Mu- is it in munich for the home league or was it at the yeah it was, it was the at the Olympico. Olympico. okay so lazio you, you only had one job you held them to a, you held them to a clean sheet at home just try and do it try and do it away and i and i actually will note bayern munich has not looked as good as they should at home in european competition there was absolute i I hate to be the guy that always brings <laughs> up manchester united but do it, if you it. let if you let, I think it was the if you let that that October Manchester United side score three, at the Allians, that does not, That's I'm it, like imbue confidence in me that you are gonna be able to. I don't know, stop this Lazio team. It's the history of the, it's, yeah, it's it's, history of the Tottenham.
1: it's the history of the Tottenham. It's the history of the Tottenham. <laughs> and, 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 and I think it's really fitting that we are saying this as an Italian team just <laughs> beating um, the Harry Kane-cursed-led Bayern Munich. And, you know, all props to Chido Immobile, who has just recently passed his 200th goal with Lazio, uh, as he is the all-time leading scorer for them. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you got to love it. You got The fans got to love it. I mean, you get your all-time leading goal scorer gets a pretty easy but a deserved goal. And, and you know, just like you said, you, you got to wrap it up. You got to finish the job in Munich. And, I mean, you just see the form that this Munich team is in just getting thrashed by, uh, by Leverkusen. We're going to talk about that later. However, I, I mean, like, it seems a lot harder than it actually is. This Bayern Munich team is not the Bayern Munich team when they had um, Lewandowski, when they had Ajin Robben, when they had um, had, um, uh, Gnabry. All of these guys that they've had in the past, they don't have them anymore. Yes, Harry Kane is delivering goals and is the top scorer of the Bundesliga, but they're not winning. They're not winning as much. They're not leading the league like they've done the past 10 years. And so even if they are apparent like appeared to be the giants they they aren't so they got to finish up the job luckily it's a one-nil score
2: line so hopefully byron can turn it around back at home in the second leg but moving on into the last match of wednesday's uh, match day psg versus real sociedad kilian mbappe grabbed the first goal and bradley barcola added the second as P- psg beat real sociedad 2-0 in the first leg of the champions league in the round of 16, did so dominated the game for some long spells, but despite missing key players through injury until Mbappe's goal in the 58th minute, the breakthrough came when Marquinhos headed on Dembele's corner from the right, and Mbappe was marked in the back to post the volley in. A lot to cover here, guys. Uh, I haven't seen Luis Enrique like that, I think, since Barcelona, but where do we see this PSG team headed? Griffin, we were talking a little bit about it before the show. You
0: think PSG, as of now,
2: has a chance to go even further?
0: Yeah, they've kind of always been a disappointment when it comes to the Champions League. They got to the final in 2020 and just couldn't get over the line. But I have faith in PSG that I, my bold prediction is I think they're going to make at least a semifinal because what I saw against Real Sociedad was a lot of moments of individual brilliance. And I think that's kind of the X factor that can drive a team forward. And I, it would be kind of fitting almost to have this run happen in their potentially one of their last years at the Parc des Princes and also I mean confirmed I believe Mbappe's last season with them yeah. and I wonder also if that will kind of weigh in the back of Mbappe's mind like I haven't been able that's the one thing I haven't been able to give the city of Paris as a Champions League and it based on how he played um a couple nights ago it looks like he's trying to it's the city of love it looks like he's trying to win their love during the week of love, and bring home a Champions League trophy.
1: Yeah, and there was no heartbreaker as they did when 2-0. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, I, I went really off on PSG last um, last show, and and my point really still stands that they are having an identity crisis. They are having their uh, midlife crisis, as I will say. Um, but to look into the positives and not just completely uh, go off the wire on this team— I rate a lot of these players. These, this is a different PSG squad than the 2020 final squad. The 2020 final squad was like a super team. They had, they had a, a lot more firepower, a lot more stars. And that's really been the strategy for the majority of um, the, uh, the new ownership at PSG. But this, this looks different. This looks different. Uh, players like Vitinha, like, um, like Hakimi... Um, like obviously uh, Kylian Mbappe, like Colomuani, like Lucas Hernandez. These aren't really guys that like are on the level of like signing Messi for an absurd amount of money, signing Neymar for an absurd amount of money. It's grabbing players that actually f- uh, fixes the addressed problems within the rosters. F- for example, now they're doing something where it's you you struggle on defense, let's get better defenders. But you you need a score. Well, we already have the one of the best scores in world football right now. Um, they're actually fixing problems and building a team in the smartest way that they can. So I think I think this is going to add a lot of pressure because again, Mbappe's last year. This is the this is the year to win it. This is the year to win it. This honestly, they have to go out on a high or else PSG will have now wasted like so many generational talents and and it, it will be an absolute disappointment.
2: That concludes this week's round of 16. Next week Inter Milan I was about to say Miami. Inter Milan will be playing Atletico Madrid. PSV Eindhoven will be playing Borussia Dormant. FC Porto versus Arsenal, Griffin's favorite team, and Napoli <laughs> versus Barcelona. Yeah, I mean this Champions League, you know, seeing Arsenal and Barcelona back in the Champions League is is a crazy thing to say, but they're back in the Champions League in around sixteen. So let's see what happens. Any predictions for these four match, uh, these four matches that are going to come Gino, up? You know,
1: I have a quick question for you. I, you know, yes. you mentioned Arsenal being back. I mean, where do you see them? Like honestly, w- just like being back. Like obviously, there there is the Champions League slump first season you get there. But what? How do you see them? Do you think after that performance
2: against out? West Ham, I think they're in a good place. They've been winning a lot of Premier League matches. They're you know, still third, but tied with City. But I think it's a very close match. This title race in Premier League is going to be really good. But I think what we saw last year with Arsenal, it's always a choke. It's always a choke job.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, if you ask any Arsenal fan where they're going to finish the Champions League, they're, they're going to tell they're, you that they're, they're, they're going to win it and they're yeah, the best yeah. team in Europe, <laughs> <world. laughs> And that's what they always been. But somehow, trying, yeah. somehow they've never – oh, last time I checked, I don't think they've ever won – uh, Champions League. I'm trying
2: to like you know pick the words <laughs> my words correctly because I don't want it to say like they're gonna be first because next thing you know they're gonna choke or they're not gonna get first and then they might get first. It's kind of hard to say where yeah, Arsenal's gonna I, land up. But yes, Griffin, to your it's, point, what we saw last year, the whole entire year they were first, and all the fans were saying, yes, you know this is the year, this yeah. is finally the year we've been waiting 20 years until what happens? Manchester City comes in and obviously wins the Premier League title. But yes, to your point, Griffin, you can uh, and well,
0: well and. It's also – we saw it last year. They were in a way better spot in the league last year, all things considered. Yeah. And now they're struggling a little bit. It, not struggling. They played really well, but now they have to deal with the uh, two races instead of – two uh, two teams, two instead, teams of one. instead of one. And so I think that will weigh on them subtly in the back of these players' minds. They are young. We don't know how injuries are going to turn out either. I think the fact that they're getting uh Urien tim- Timber back is very huge. And I think – I wouldn't put it past Arsenal, just knowing how much I love them, that they would make the semifinals. <laughs> and I, I pray that that isn't the case, but I could see them doing it just because I do think they have a lot of young, exciting players. But at the end of the day, they better hope that they don't have to play in Manchester City, in, in Europe especially, because they already got to do in the league. And we saw what happens last time when that City team turns it on against in, against rivals. And I think the same thing could happen. Another factor that I want to consider when you talk about this Arsenal team is if they don't win anything this year, which they might not, and that could be weighing in the back of the players' minds as we go into things like the Champions League, that will make it year seven of, and Arteta. uh, of Arteta's tenure. And, when you, and I know Mikel Arteta's thinking, oh, man, if I get to seven and I don't have, like... He's got what, like an FA Cup to show for it. Yeah, it's like you got smacked by your crosstown rivals in a Europa League final. No champion, no Champions League. Granted, you'd have some success, but he would basically just have, oh, we were almost there, trophy for all the things. And so I think, I think that could be the only reason why they really get out. Like Arteta, especially, might take this Champions League a little bit more seriously and maybe slip a little bit in the league. Is because he's looking in the back of his mind. He's like. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because he, I mean, seven's a long time. When people re- when if like when people realize how long he's been in a position, it's, there will be conversations. Time, yeah. There will be conversations. But to answer your your
2: question, Diego, I think Arsenal, where they are now, they have a better squad now than they had last year. But last year they even made it farther and they had a tie oh, yeah. race. Yeah. So I think they're not going to win the Premier League. They're definitely going back to Champions League. But for them, would it be a successful season. If they could get to a Champions League final. I'm not saying they're gonna get to it or I'm not saying they're gonna win it, but getting to it because they're out of FA Cup and they're out of the Leagues Cup, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with Arsenal. But you know, we'll get to the Premier League talk a little bit soon, but I just want to dive into uh some tall race matches. Madrid versus Girona. Diego, I'm gonna start with you.
1: You know before
2: before the match, obviously mm-hmm. the news I want to talk about Mbappe. Obviously, Mbappe made headlines this week saying that he might be be finally going to Real Madrid after years of saying, Yes, I'm gonna go to the Champions League. No, I'm gonna go for the money. No, I want this contract. Thought it's, he's going to Arsenal. Thought he was going to <laughs> Arsenal. Fenway group wanted to save up money to get Mbappe to Liverpool. So many stories. I think this has been a long story since when Jay Jayden Sanchez has been linked to Manchester United. It's been that type of like story a long time. It's been four years I think already. But Mbappe apparently is going this year, next year to to
1: Real Madrid. Do you think it's gonna happen? Look, man, I at this point, I'm kind of getting a little tired of the of the drama yeah. and all the rumors. If I could describe this situation in, in a quick uh, excerpt, it's it's the it's comp It's the it's complicated uh, tab on Facebook relationships. I I'm sorry. That's I good. It's Mbappe. You're acting like that one ex-girlfriend that can't make up their mind on whether they want to <laughs> go back or want to like be independent. It like. Please pick. Like, for my sake, Casa Madrista, please. We we don't really have a hard time scoring. We'd definitely love to have you. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean I, I certainly don't want him to go to Arsenal. Like uh, there there was a rumor circulating that, you know, he was thinking about being the next Thierry Henry and I, oh, I just looked at that and just laughed because I was like, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> I think he was referring to lack of Champions League
0: trophies, which is why I want to go to Arsenal. That's why I want to be the next Terry Henry, not the, uh, not yeah, the Arsenal yeah, yeah, yeah. not the Arsenal thing.
2: Yeah. That's a good one. I mean th- I didn't think <laughs> that. that's a good
1: one. That's a good one. Um but you know what, to talk about the to talk about the game. Uh, yeah, sure. Because, I mean, yeah, it was a title decider. Girona, yes, they, they were kind of slipping before this game, and, you know, they're kind of, like, letting go of that lead. Uh, but this this was, I think, the nail in the coffin. I think Madrid just came into it, said, look, yeah, like, I, I appreciate the fact that Girona was able to battle. I, again, it's another Cinderella story. Um, you know, city football group, um, so me being an NYCFC guy, got to gotta, gotta love both teams here. But, you know, Madrid said, this little kid, just know your place. And, and that's what they did with a 4-0 scoreline.
2: Five points ahead, 14 games left to be played in the season. Could Real Madrid win this La Liga, or could Jerome bounce back after being obviously dismantled at the the uh, Mayo?
0: Geron, your season's over. I'm sorry, but someone <laughs> okay. has to say it. Your season's right. done. Yeah, you, you, you didn't just lose. You had zero shots on target, just like Byron did in the Champions League. You got <laughs> dominated. They scored... Great goals against you. They scored tap-ins against you. You got outclassed. It's, yeah. uh, I think that was a very telltale yeah. sign. And Madrid, I would get the banners ready is all I have to say about this get the banner ready. Yeah. Well, moving on to the actual, I think
2: the most exciting one is Leverkusen. What's happening in Germany, Leverkusen versus Bayern Munich. A huge win for Xabi Alonso's men. Five points clear on top of the Bundesliga superb performance by Bayern Leverkusen against Bayern Munich. We saw Xabi's men extend their lead on top of the Bundesliga to go 5 points with 13 games remaining. Goals from Bayern Lowney, uh, uh Stetson, if I'm correct if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Grimaldo and Frimpong seal a 3-0 victory for Leverkusen. Bayern Munich. We're talking about Bayern Munich who's won I think 10 or 11 consecutive Bundesliga's. I've never seen Thomas Müller uh, Thomas Muller angry before. You know, we've seen him on the pitch obviously Angry, but when he's giving a presser and saying this team is not where we were, uh, where we were years ago, it's troubling times in Bayern Munich right now. And is it the Tottenham? Is it actually the Tottenham? <laughs> it's, it's the history because of... it's been ten years consecutive where they won the Bundesliga. But Harry King coming here to actually win something, I think even a thirteen-year-old kid won a trophy before him. What is happening in Bayern Munich?
0: Well, I think in the PSG Van identity crisis, they. They have a manager in Tuchel who has been there for around a season, like half a season, less than that even. And it doesn't seem like his style of play is really working. And when you look at this Bayern team, they have some familiar faces, but it's not the Bayern Munich team of old. And they guys, speaking of the Tottenham, starting center back, Eric Dyer. <laughs> it's oh, like wow. they brought. It's like they brought. It's like they brought up the whole team. 2.0. Yeah, and they have good players. I mean, they have the future of they have the future of Germany and Leroy Sané and Jamal Musiala, but I think you you just have these guys who didn't seem like they wanted it enough. And you also mentioned uh, Min Jae Kim, uh, the other center back. He's kind of fresh off a uh, contest or uh, yeah tournament, tournament and continental tournament and. I think that also weighs players down a little bit, but man, I look at this uh, Bayern Leverkusen team and I think they, no one's talking about, they might actually be invincibles. I don't know how you would say that in German it would be der invincible der invincible," something. <laughs> and they would, and it just, they play so well and they utilize, it's kind of the cliche meme, the, the inverted winger or inverted fullbacks but they play that so well. Fr- Frimpong and Grimaldo are electric. I they played Chemistry, perfectly. Yeah. They they both got goals. Granted Frimpong's was kind of a end of the game, but he still was composed enough to slot that away. And I think 3-0 being the scoreline just adds insult to injury and I think that's the type of game that really crushes Bayern Munich's spirit. I think if they come in there and lose maybe 1-0, it's it's kind of a different story perhaps because you can look at it and be like, "Well, it just wasn't our day, but we're Bayern Munich. You know, we'll come back." But in my mind, I think I won't say sealed the league because it seems like Bayern Munich m- manages to come back. But I would love to see Bayern Leverkusen not only win the league, but it would be amazing to break the streak with an invinc with an invincible run.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, I looking at this game, I I really think of two things right now when I when I'm like assessing what happened. The first one is the Simpsons meme. Stop! He's already dead. <laughs> um, especially when it comes to the Frimpong goal. But the second thing is the frustration. Uh, we touched on it. Uh, Thomas Muller showing his frustrations after the game. Um, the absolute frustration that is boiling down here at Bayern Munich. I mean, with um, it was Leroy Sané who uh, who just like just smacked one of the cameras, like and and just like. As a a content creator and a photographer, that hurt me (laughs) because I I was like, oh, that's so. uh." But that just speaks to like a a greater sense of like frustration within this group, because, I mean, even if when things go right, they're not going right. I mean, it's kind of just like Bayern Munich are trying everything that they can to win and they just don't. And I, I think like a result like this is is not only embarrassing but it's like it's sad and honestly I I was really shocked to see the players not walk around and publicly apologize, apologize to all of the ultras because honestly as a team like Bayern Munich cuz we're talking about Bayern Munich yeah. here we're not talking about Girona who who if they get smacked okay it's Bayern Girona Munich. we're talking about Bayern Munich I am extremely disappointed that ever that each and one of every one of those players to not go to the ultras and just be like I'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry and, and so they need to do better
2: they need to do better shout out Xavi Alonso ex Madridista he's doing something special and hopefully those two objectives of winning the Bundesliga and possibly in this year's or, or like our current generation invincibles yeah. will happen Arsenal Arsenal invincibles that was 20 years ago more than 20 years ago we haven't seen a team do that since. We've
0: seen teams do better, though. I just want to make that very clear.
2: Winning titles and winning tournaments, especially.
1: Winning in Europe. Winning in Scor- Europe. Scoring 100 correctly. points. <laughs> and not being
2: charged over 100 charges. But moving on into the Premier League, I do want to talk uh, touch the Premier League. As of now, the table looks like this. Liverpool's first with 54 points. Man City with 52 points. Arsenal with 52 points. Tottenham. Forty-seven points. Aston Villa, forty-six points. And Griffin's eyes. And Manchester United, forty-one points in the sixth spot. Newcastle, West Ham, Brian, Chelsea. Chelsea, thirty-four points in the tenth spot.
0: Woo-hoo. They did it. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> and in the
2: relegation zone, Everton, Burnley, and Sheffield United. Man, if Everton finally gets relegated this year with the new park opening up, what's happening, man? With this Everton team. Right. But I do want to touch uh, Aston Villa versus Man United. Griffin, let's. It's. Where you know they've been really good. They've been. I wouldn't say really good, but they've been performing well and they've been scoring goals, which we want to see. And I think that Aston Villa match definitely I mean, Scott McTommy is our current day, Oligo Folkshire. Super sub all the way. Hold you on being informed now. Thoughts on the match?
0: Oh, we are we are cooking up something special. Cooking something I special. I mentioned it in our mic checks, but that was not on air. We are also building a potential super team in our front office and We're finally operating like a proper football club. Finally, And things are looking good. We swept Villa on the season. That's huge. Take that, Debo. I think we are the first team to beat them at Villa Park this season. Uh, Not a lot of teams can say they did that. Man City. Arsenal. Uh, But, no, it was amazing. And you're right. Honestly, part of me wants to be like, don't sell Scott McTominay no matter how much we evolve as a team. Just keep him on for when we're losing big games in the last 10 minutes. And then Hoyland... That's five from his last five. He's becoming the player, which let's be honest, we all, I, at least I did. I think most of us knew he was gonna be. He's such a smart attacker, and he really opens. He really opens the front, like the front field to play for, especially the wingers. And we're just playing so well. Do you guys know when the last time Manchester United lost a game in the month of February was? No, surprise me. Uh, I believe it was 2021, and I think we have played 21 games since then, and we have not lost a single one of those games. We, I think we with 20, 22 games on the in the month in of February. February so far, and I know now that I said that, we are going to walk into Kenil- Kenilworth Road and get obliterated by 17th-ranked Luton, but still an interesting fact to mention, and I think, like I said, great show of character to come back and win, and another team that did that I know Diego your team Chelsea against maybe yeah. not as good of a team but <laughs> <laughs> what do you how do you feel about the I was watching a little bit of that game and my friends a big Dire Crystal Palace fan so okay. I, I was really? I I hate I hate to say it, but I was a
1: little sad watching that happen. But
0: what were your thoughts on that? No, one?
1: I I'm so happy we're finally getting somewhere. Um, <laughs> we were we were um we were comrades in the mid table race. Yeah. And y'all y'all decided to spread your wings and <laughs> and fly up to Europe. Um, while we're here still with the same problems. But you know what? Okay, I'm gonna look into the positives because it's not just getting um like two wins in a row but it's how we got those wins normally this chelsea team the story of them is you you go down a goal and you stay down a goal or more than one or more than two or more than three <laughs> and and that's that's it's just a mentality thing it's i i touched on this in the previous show it's a mentality thing it's players do not want to put in that extra effort for the 50-50 players are just not playing in unison but we're finally seeing this. The midfield for Chelsea, I I've stuck with this ever since, um, ever since I Connor Gallagher cracked the first team. They can be the best in the league. They can be the best in the league. I'm sorry, but um, a a midfield of a Connor Gallagher, Enzo Fernandez, and a Cole Palmer, Cole Palmer, because I know we're gonna get a striker, and he's not gonna be our permanent striker would be absolutely lethal. And, I mean, if Caicedo starts actually playing well, we'll we'll add him too, but I don't know about that (laughs) yet. Um, Do you guys keep the receipt for that $100 billion pound purchase? Do you remember that Jeremy transfer window? I wish wish we did. I will say that. But, um, you know what? Connor Gallagher is is one of the faces of this club, and I am so happy that he is. But it's finally looking like this midfield has some cohesion. And when the midfield has cohesion, the entire team just takes a step up because you see a player like Edensel Fernandez, he is creative, he's hardworking, and then a player like call uh, like Connor Gallagher is super smart and equally as hardworking. Those two pair up extremely well, and we saw both of them score late, and, you know, I cannot have any more complaints. I just hope we keep playing this way. <laughs> <laughs> I would say for Manchester United Griffin, this wasn't the season to be, but
2: hopefully we can climb up to the four spot and hopefully qualify for next year's Champions League. But I think them making the FA Cup appearance again in the final uh, this year, hopefully they can make an FA Cup appearance in the final so they can actually win it this time. Last year was just a heartbreak against City. It was their only chance to break that trouble winning, you know, uh Man City. But for Chelsea, they do play Liverpool in the EFL final. Thoughts we on can, that?
1: We can go for the double. That's I mean, all I'm saying.
2: winning, winning, winning EFL Cup against Liverpool is huge enough. But it's huge. I think winning, winning it in this particular season with how yeah. they're playing the Premier League, I think it's huge.
1: No, <laughs> I, I agree with you. And and you know what? I, I'm one of the people where it's like I want to give Pochettino patience. Yeah. This Chelsea, this Chelsea ownership, ever even with Abramovich, there was little to no real patience when it comes to like managers. And there is a project here. I, I do see something. I, I mean, mm-hmm. a player like Enzo Fernandez. I know when he got signed everyone was like this is the worst signing ever he's just a kid he he he's not going to be good and look at him now he's developing into that star and do am I saying that every single player that we sign is going to be amazing no i'm still having my doubts with Mikalo Modric with Kaisedo but winning this tr- this this trophy is a step that you know we actually have a project that's working not just a project a project that's working so i think it would be huge I think that's a perfect. Oh, do you want to add something? Chris? Yeah, well,
0: it's funny you mentioned they're in the Carabao Cup final, and I was just thinking, it's such an interesting, it's such <laughs> yeah. an interesting cup because it's one of those ones where when United won it last year, I was like, oh yeah, this counts. Like you know, United this is huge. was at its peak. And last then year. when Chelsea's in it, I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's it's, one those yeah. Ones yeah. Where it only matters to the winners, but I, that's one of those things is you got to win it, I guess. And you guys beating Liverpool might be a bigger, com- probably a bigger accomplishment yeah. yeah. than be- beating Newcastle, but it'd be exciting. I think, I think that'd be huge. For Chelsea, just to lift something, you know wow. they. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They, <it's, laughs> I mean, I, yeah. it was the same thing with us. Is it just felt good? It. It's the I meme. Mean, it was just. It's just. It's nice to win one every once in a while. And I think yeah. that's really big for your motivation. Now, I will say what I'd be worried about if I was Chelsea. Same thing happened with Manchester United. Amazing start, to, like great start to the year. You win a trophy, and then kind of fall off. Oh, we're little... already falling off. Well, okay. yeah, but you. That's what <laughs> you, you think. You think you can get lower, and then you're losing 7-0 at Anfield. So I'm just warning. I would say Chelsea has to make sure they stick with their positive momentum and don't drop off.
1: Yeah, I, and I mentioned this earlier. Um, we can—is this going to happen? I don't know. But we can We can win the double. We can win the double. It's possible. We're still in the FA Cup. Yep. We're playing Leeds. I think we have a decent shot at beating them. And, and you know what? Being in that position where we can—in st- this season— win one or maybe two trophies that's we need to take advantage of that and like so like with the point of like winning a trophy early and then like falling off this is our chance to be like you know there is a project there is something going on and and you know I look man Manchester United's still in this too I mean they they can also get themselves some good uh, silverware and and looking at them they're in a very similar position just in a different light yes. I feel like right now their pro- their you. project war is working a little earlier and you know what it's panning out holland is insane i, o- I always liked him to i i'm so sad to end that- this
2: yeah to end this season for man U, it would be finishing top 4 and winning the fa cup i think that would be a great way to end the season but i think that's a perfect time to end the episode yeah. good luck to chelsea in the in the efl cup final hopefully they win it and manchester united is going to win the Premier League in the next 3 years. We
0: will you can you can bank that all check it. the recordings <laughs> when I'm a senior and <laughs> and I'm doing our Manchester United celebration uh, extravaganza. I'll book, I'll bookmark that. We still have some league matches left. The season isn't over yet. Champions League will return next Tuesday
2: and Wednesday. I want to thank Griffin Stevenson and Diego Martinez for being on the show, Legends of the Making. Shout out to our producer in the back, Abby Price. Appreciate your help. But that is a wrap on FUVFC. I've been Gene Alva. Have some fun this weekend, man. Spring is coming. We will see you next week. FUVFC is a production of WFUV Sports.